welcome everyone. Good afternoon. It is, it is our Her Rise Salon and we are live on YouTube, on Facebook, and I'm so excited that we are now live on LinkedIn. So hello, the LinkedIn world. I'm so excited that I get to broadcast to you all live directly here on LinkedIn. I hope you guys are having a great evening and early evening. And I'm so excited for today's conversation with Mari. I am going to tell you all about Mari Mascotti. I, I hope I said that right. So running a transcription company engineered to meet the financial services industry's rigorous standards of accuracy and privacy suits Mari well. She holds, uh, she's the holder of a FIN FINRA Series 24, 7 and 63 licenses. She spent 30 years in financial services, first as a financial planner, then as a regional sales manager, and later as a president and CEO in wealth management and trust services. The Bank Insurance and Security Association honored her in 2018 with its prestigious Lifetime Achievement Award. And, you know, there's just so many things that we can continue to go on and on and on about, but I want to welcome her in. Maury, how are you? Thank you for being here. I thank you for having me. And um, it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, the actual pleasure is all mine. As always, you are one of the many women that have been super supportive of me and her sweet spot. And so I am so excited to get into sharing more about you and what you're doing and how you uh, climb to the C-suite to break all barriers in such a very male dominated field. As we know, we're, we're both from that um, field. So I want to, you know, really learn more about you. There's so much to your resume that we didn't go over, but I did a little research and I found out that you initially wanted a career in fashion. So, so many accolades in the financial industry, you wanted a career in fashion merchandising. And somehow you ended up here with us in, in the world of finance. Can you share more about your background and how you got started? How, how did you transition from one industry to the next? Well, um, sure. Thank you. I started in the financial, I'm sorry, in the fashion world right out of college. I was accepted. I was living in New York City. I was accepted into the Macy's Herald Square program. Um, which there was only four out of about 2,000 applicants that made it to that program. So it, it was an exciting career. They put me in menswear and then in unisex because I didn't want to go. Women's was typical. I right. wanted to do the atypical. Um, and I wanted to mix it up. And back in the day, I'm gonna, really going to date myself here, Marsha, but back <laughs> in those times, men barely wore blue shirts, let alone any other color. Um, than, than white. So you can so you like the challenge you're saying. <laughs> I love the challenge. I give me something that's out of the norm and I love the challenge. However, I grew up in, in the fashion merchandising world quite quickly and I got bored of it, believe it or not. It was a dream come true, but yet I found that it wasn't challenging me any, any longer. 
And then I looked in the New York Times one day. I knew I loved people. I had an analytical mind. I looked to see where their jobs were. And lo and behold, it was in financial services. So I proceeded to get my Series 7. And that was back in the day when it wasn't electronic. It was pen and paper. Right. And you, you had to wait for like three weeks to get your results of your test. And the firm that I worked for, they would bring the whole training class in and the branch manager would release whether you passed or failed. Wow. Not only did he do it in the office, he did it, yeah, we waited three weeks. Not only did he do it in the office, I was the only woman in a sea of men that was in the class. And we had a group of institutional um, in, institutional folks in the office as well. And if anybody's worked in the institutional environment, those guys are crazy. So in front of all of these people, and I, all I remember saying, Marsha, was, oh, God, please let me pass. Oh, God, please be with me and let me pass. So what, and, what was it like before that moment when being the only woman, what, what did you hear from the men? In, in that moment, like, why are you here? What type of... Oh, it was wonderful, actually. It was um, after I passed my exam and I started working in the office, I was like, can you go get me coffee? Can you, you know, and then trade tickets were handwritten back then. Boy, I'm really yeah. dating myself. I, I, I worked on the desk, <laughs> on the trade desk. They were handwritten written back then. And it's like, here, Marie, can you file my tickets, honey? And if anybody knows me, I grew up in the Bronx, New York. I'm a tough cookie. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not your wife. I'm not your mother. File your own tickets and get your own darn coffee. <laughs> they and hired me then for that. <laughs> I don't know if they were prepared. I was shaking in my shoes. But at the same time, I, I, I just knew that if I didn't stand up for me, yeah. for who I was, I would never be taken serious in the business. Yeah. And it just, you know, it, it just came out that way. It was, it was a challenge. I think that's so remarkable for, you know, what we're, you're not just dating yourself. I'm dating myself too. Cause I grew up in the industry uh, over 25 years ago. So I've been there. Uh, how, how were you, how were, were the relationships you had with women? This is not, it, it's, I want to know, you know, there's a reason why I started Her Sweet Spot, really okay. so that women, we teach women how to support each other. Okay. And I would be interested to, to know, how do how were you received by the other women? Well, when I started, there weren't other women. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of years later, there, there was a small group of women that started to get into the business. And because I started to do some educational programs and I did it for women, because I was a woman who grew up, I got married um, when I was 18 years old. Um, and I was always, grew up in a typical Italian family. It's like, you don't need to go to college. I was the first woman in my family to go to college. And it was like, you just need to get married and have babies type of thing. And yes, ladies, that's true story. And I, and I loved being married, uh, still friends with my ex-husband today. However, I knew I needed more. I wanted more. I didn't want to lose myself in being 
a missus. I wanted to know and and feel like I was doing something and 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 helping people. That was always my goal. Whether right. in the fashion business was you know to make women and men feel fabulous in the way they looked, or it was helping them with their finances and being able to to take that trip or to reach whatever financial goals they had. Right. So that was always a passion of mine. But when I, I started to do educational programs for women, um, I wanted women to feel comfortable because nobody taught me. I was right. always told your father will handle it, your brother will handle it, your husband will handle it. You don't need to know about money. It's not ladylike. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if I'm earning it, I'm going to manage it and I'm going to handle it. Right. So it's um, eventually because I did that, a lot of women... Um, in fact, that by doing that, it really turned my business around because as you well know, Marsha, very tough business to get into when you're brand new. Um, but I, I survived through that portion. And again, I survived doing educational programs for women. And I think that gave me, that empowered me because I knew what I was talking about. I experienced it and sharing my story, Mm -hmm. the ups along the way, I think I became relatable to women because, you know, back in, in, in the, even in the eighties, women really weren't the investors. It was really always, always men. And I wanted to empower them to not be afraid to deal with money, not, and put them in an environment where they can ask the questions, you know, and not feel embarrassed to, or silly or shy, you know, um, and even though that still happened, when I met with women one-on-one, and one of the reasons why I did this is my first client was an elderly woman who had lost her husband. And she was fairly, she was fortunate. She was fairly well off. However, she had no clue what she owned. And right. after about four hours of being together and crying together, I turned to her and I said, the only decision you should make right now is no decision at all. And I walked away and I remember my manager at the time was mad at me because I spent four hours with somebody without making the sale. Yeah, right. I said, this, this is, that's not going to cut it for me. Um, I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to help people, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to push a product or make a sale just for the, for the sake of doing it. And that was a defining moment in my career. I, I was able to know which venue I wanted to take. And I worked with a lot of women. Um, and then as, as women in the industry started to grow, um, it, was, it wasn't that we were not supporting each other. They were struggling their own in a man, being a woman in a man's world. Yeah. So it's, it's, we really didn't have that roadmap of you know, how to respond to each other. So, um, and there were some instances where women in business, as I as I went to larger firms, women in business just weren't nice to each other. They didn't support each other. It, it, was, right. it was I found that kind of odd, uh, and I never really understood that. But I think everybody internally was was experiencing their own lack of confidence. Right, which is everything we talk about today, and right. women, the lack of confidence. It's also, I think, comes from the negative um, or the the 
uh, um, limiting beliefs that are placed on us. Like you said, women can't do that. You should just try to get married, have your kids stay at home and, you know, or take that secretary job, right? Okay. Those administrative roles. And I right. think it's because so many women were taught and trained to use that path for their career and really didn't go towards the leadership and management type roles and or, you know, owning their own worth and value inside of corporate America. In, in creating and deciding to create a space where you could help support and educate women, did you have a sponsor that really poured into you or a mentor that guided you that said, you know what, this is how I'm going to pay it forward because so many great things happened to me. Uh, can you tell us a time when a sponsor or mentor helped you for your career? Sure. I think along the way, the, the path of growing in any, any profession um, or anything in life is you meet people along the way and you, you'll recognize, you'll know when you connect with somebody or you aspire to be like somebody mm -hmm. um, or to follow in, in somebody's footsteps, if you will. I think you have to create your own footsteps. But I think as when, when, when you're just entering into a profession or you want to change your profession, you have to make your own footprint. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't walk alongside somebody. So when I say, you know, aspire to be somebody or to be like somebody, it's only because what they're doing is something that calls out to you. It's part of what your passion may be. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've, I've been fortunate along the way. When I first got into financial services, you know, you pass your series seven, you take at that time, it was your 63. Um, and, and then you're given a phone book, <laughs> a phone, a desk, and you're like, go ahead, go do business. That was yeah. basically the way you did. You had to, smile and dial as they used to say just call random people out of the phone book and ask them to invest with you as yeah. crazy as that may sound that's what it was yeah. but i had a gentleman at first who took me on an elderly gentleman who took me underneath his wing and really taught me the business so i was very fortunate in that and then as i moved on i i um, went to work with equitable and before it became axa and there was a lady there. There, there was a, several women, not a whole heck of a lot, but there were several women across the country that were in the business. And I, again, I was fortunate enough to work with a woman who was in, at Equitable for many years, and we partnered up. And I used to, I, I learned so much from her. Um, and I did a lot of the grunt work because I was the newbie, mm -hmm. and but. But, but I would listen to her and I was like a sponge and I would ask questions and I would see how she would relate to people. Um, so she was a strong mentor. And again, along the way, I think we have many mentors, whether they're a, a, they actually term themselves mentor. I mean, mm -hmm. one of my, my previous uh, bosses was such a great, inspiring man that I learned so much about being in a leadership role from him. You know, you don't have to lead people, you know, with a bat. Right. You know, there's a way to empower people to make their own decisions, but you can bring out the best in them. So, and then a lot of it came, you know, generically where I just always focused on what my mother taught me growing up is to, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Was say it at all. 
and um, just treat people the way you would like to have been treated. Nobody, you know, you make a lot of mistakes and as long as you learn from them, you're fine. And I, I, I think if you learn or you take a little tidbit from everybody, just in talking to you, Marshall, sometimes I learn so much. I think in every conversation, if you can find something that inspires you or that you learn from, or, or just tick something out in your mind that makes you be a little bit more thoughtful about something right. or puts you down another path that you didn't quite think about previously. I think all of that is in some way, shape or form being a mentor. The key is, is that we have to be open-minded to it and we need to listen to that little inner voice that we hear that sparks us. You know. So I was going to say to, to that and, and having such a great mentor that taught you how to be a great leader, can leadership simply be taught? Because I could tell you, you have something that some people just don't have, right? You had that quality way back then. You knew you were driven. Are those things that we can teach other, especially young women that are, you know, coming up and advancing now in early stage part of their mm -hmm. career. Can we teach people to be leaders or is it just something that's within them? I think it's a combination of both. I, I think, and, and, and I'm going to share this with it because I read this when I first went, when I first graduated college and I was working in this menswear division in Macy's, I read a book. I don't know that the book is still in production, but I believe that there's still, you know, maybe for four or five bucks, there's some used versions of it. It's called The Cinderella Complex. The Cinderella Complex. That book changed my entire mindset. I don't believe that people don't internally, especially women. Women, are, we're born nurturers. Right. So for women to be in the financial services arena um, or in any business, we're, we're naturally nurturers. We're naturally born with that instinct to, you know, to take care of people mm -hmm. or to take care of situations or to be loving and giving. Um, not to a fault, not where it's not empowering other people, but just enough to be encouraging, enlightening, in, inspiring, um, and to be true to yourself. But this book, The Cinderella Complex, I'll never forget it. It was a pivotal part in me understanding who I truly am. Mm -hmm. Because it takes away a fear. It helped me take away that I didn't even know I had a fear of being independent. And I think because of the way we were raised traditionally, at, at right. least the way I was raised, um, was, you know, we didn't need to be independent because somebody was going to take care of us. But even right. in today's world, even with the a younger generation, I believe there's still a lot of that out there. So I think that you can self-teach. I think that when you're young um, and you're first starting in a professional world, that you don't really understand all the true characteristics of what makes you and who you really are. And again, and this, these are my opinions, but and I can only share, you know, what I experienced. But I do think that you can be taught some, but you have to internally have the drive not to have that fear 
And I think that fear is crippling. And I didn't know I had a fear of independence. I thought I was, you know, all that. But I wasn't all that. And I right. love that book because it made me understand also that I'm a woman in a man's world. And I know it's still like that to some degree, although a lot better than what it was. We still have a long way to go, baby. Right. Um, but that book made me realize that I didn't have to try and be a man because I was surrounded by men. You know, I didn't have to talk about football if I didn't like football. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to be one of the guys. I just needed to be me and true to me. And to me, that was, that was my aha moment. That's why I love that book. And I recommend that book highly. If somebody, if I, I think if you go online, you might be able to find an old print of it. But gonna, and I'll share it out with everyone that's out here. But what I, I wanted to ask you, in this time, we're hearing so much about women empowerment and we're really coming out and supporting each other in, in ways that I haven't seen it in forever, right? right? What are some ways other people can pay it forward in the workplace? What do you suggest? Everyone, no matter what level you are at, whether it's CEO, middle management, what are some ways people, um, you think people could pay it forward in the workplace? I think there's a lot of ways that you can do it. I think that um, for me, I always remember from, when, from whence I came. And when somebody mentors you or somebody lends a helping hand or somebody helps you see clearly a decision you have to make, you need to pay that to the next person. So if, if you're really super busy and somebody says, I really need to, you know, can I pick your brain? And even mm -hmm. though you may not have that time, you need to make that time. Because yeah. not only when you do that, do you help that person and you pay that forward, yeah. you really wind up helping yourself in, in a very uncanny way. Yeah. So I, I think um, I like, like you're doing um, her sweet spot. I have a blog that I started about two years ago that was totally inspired by a young woman in the business. Um, it's the dynamic woman of, of which, Marsha, we're going to have you as part of an interview to do that. That's coming up uh, after the summer. And um, it's really about our journey. And it's all, it's all levels of women, whether it's front office, back office, in the fintech space, um, in cybersecurity. And it's all different levels because I met this woman, Marla Sofa, at a conference and we were chatting and she had this incredible background. Model. She was she I mean, she lived in Israel and worked in Israel. She did contractual engagements that were all over the world mm -hmm. and she really didn't know how empowered she was. And she inspired me to start this blog post. And she was she honored us with being the first one. So you can go back on our website and, and read about her, Marla Sofer. Um, she was incredible. And that is probably one of the most successful blogs that I have done because it's really helping anybody, not just women, but men too. We, right. but, but we highlight women and then about, I don't know, eight months, 10 months ago, we started and the men who support them because I wanted to deliver that it's not just about women, men along the way, empowered men, men that are very confident, understand that women have a real value in the marketplace and right. they need to 
pay it forward as well. So I think I think by lending a hand, helping them, sharing your experiences kind of gives other people ideas. Um, never, never do it alone, right? We can't, I, I say, you know, do it alone. I, I hear oftentimes people ask me, so, you know, you predominantly work with women of color. Um, why do you just focus on that sector? Or am, can I join your organization? Can I join the network? I'm not a woman of color. And the right. answer is, of course, because that's my main driver. Does it mean that we need each other? Women right. of color can't do it without men, non-women of color. We need each other in order to continue to grow. And, right. and it's important that we have an inclusive, that's why DEI yes. is so important because yes. no one group can tr truly, truly do it alone. I wanted to go into, Mary, about your transition from mm. working inside the field, right? And yes. starting your own business. At one point, you know, Her Sweet Spot is predominantly women and men that are running side businesses and working full time. What are right. some of the challenges you had starting? Did you just rip the bandaid and leave, leave work and go straight into your own business? Well, for, let me say Copy Talk is not my own business. I didn't start the company. The company's just turned 20 years old. I became CEO about nine years ago. So it is a privately held company. Um, I did make the transition from being, you know, retail financial services mm -hmm. into this FinTech space. What do I know about technology? I, I didn't know anything about technology. I know the world of financial services, Right, uh, but I didn't know anything about technology, and this I is what that, I, I find that statement so fascinating because I'm not a technical person in fintech, but I've spent over 15 years now in fintech, and I'm proud to say, although I haven't said it often, that I'm a I'm a person in tech, right? But yeah. our skills as analysts, it's where would they be without us? Hello, right? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't know what to build and what people, the users need and how to incorporate that into, into the systems. So I think you and I are, they couldn't be a FinTech without our work. <laughs> well, you're, you're, that's a very valid point because even when I, I took this role, I accepted this position. My own husband said to me, I don't want you to get mad. But what the heck do you know about technology? <laughs> thank you for the support. Talk about a lack of support. I said, well, thank you very much. I said, but here's the deal. I know enough to surround myself with great people that know IT and development and know the technology. I know how to run a business. That's right. So, and, I, and I know who we cater to. I know that business like the back of my hand. That's so right. you, you know what? You never let them see you sweat. And, and it's a, another good point. Always try, you know, because I've I've heard along the way with with talking to a lot of women in particular that, you know, they may have been in this area, but they were offered a position, a better role in another area, but we're afraid to take it. And I'm like, take it, stretch, stretch your wings, grow. Yeah. You can always when when I first became a manager when I was when I was an advisor and I just went on an interview internally with my company to be a supervisor a field supervisor and I they offered me the position and I'm like no I don't really want to sit in the office I I like my clients I want to be out in the field do what I want to do yeah. and they came back offered me more money and I'm like it wasn't really about the money. <laughs> 
but I took it, but I made a deal with them. I said, keep my, my area, my territory open mm-hmm. for three months. I'll try this out. If I don't like it, I'm going back. And I wound up loving it. So you never, you, you don't know. Never and then know. when I made the switch from being in financial services into the FinTech space, yeah, was it scary? Sure. But like I said, you never let them see you sweat. You right. know, I went in, I, I, I had to do what I had to do. I still don't know everything nine years later about technology, but I have an amazing team around me that will just say, Marie, what is it that you want? Tell me what you want and let them figure it out. That's their role. That's their job. I know what the advisors want. I know what the financial institutions want. I know how to have that conversation with them. And then I bring it back to the office. So Mark, an excellent leader, I should say, the fact that your team is all hands on deck for you. And no, have I ever worked for a CTO that knew anything about the financial industry? Absolutely not. For the most part, you know, we have developers that know nothing about our industry, but they know how to code. And that's really the difference. And that's why our perspective, our analytical uh, uh, work that we do is so important to the industry and the business. And anytime you hear someone, I, you know, for founders that are thinking about developing new fintech apps, they're, they get the pushback. What, what type of, you know, technology yeah. background do you have? Well, I don't need that. I know what people want. I know what I want. Because you're always the first person. You're always your first customer in many situations when you're starting a new company. Uh, So I appreciate you for taking this time out to talk with us. For the first time, we are live on LinkedIn. You are my first guest on LinkedIn Live. So I appreciate you for being here and sharing all your knowledge and wisdom and uh, a little bit about your journey as a woman CEO of a fintech company and really impressing on people about their fears moving into new uncharted territory and how important it is to really step out on faith and give your yourself the opportunity to try something new. So true. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate the opportunity. It's been a pleasure, Maury. Until you guys know how I like to end each broadcast, until next time, when we empower each other, we all rise. Bye-bye for now.